This is Comatose, a weekly collection of stories, anecdotes, observations, and poetry sometimes. Our complete podcast backlog can be found over at comapod.com. Right now, you are listening to episode number 152. Being a strong leader has little to do with your grip during a handshake, or your expertise in practicing hate. And here, starting us off this week, our own Job Ranger, with some pent-up frustration about the state of things. So here is Job with Shout Back. I bet you're sick of me ranting about President for now Trump, aren't you? If not, why the hell not? I'm sick of ranting about him. In fact, one of the reasons it's been so long since I've done a piece for Comatose is because it's hard for me to think of anything to talk about that isn't just decrying his latest 3am tweet storm, or his connections with Russia, or his insane policy decisions. It's utterly exhausting. There was an article in GQ the other week where Michael Che and Colin Jost, the hosts of SNL's Weekend Update, talked about Donald Trump, comparing him to a man at a comedy show dressed in a Santa hat, a Santa coat, and a bodysuit made of penises, an actual patron at a show that Michael Che was doing comedy at. He had the gentleman removed, not because of anything lewd or inappropriate about the penis suit, but because, quote, he was too distracting. You can't do comedy not about him. That's how I felt about everything I've tried to write over the past four months. I can't write, I can't talk, I can't fucking think about anything that is not Donald Trump. And I hate that. I hate it. I hesitate even saying it out loud because I don't want him to have the satisfaction. That's what he wants. That's what he's always wanted. He wants the attention, the notoriety. I'm sure he doesn't care about being the president. He's a narcissist. But not only is he a narcissist, he's the kind of narcissist who all their friends know they're a narcissist, but once they're diagnosed as a narcissist, they'll call them up and be like, you'll never guess who just got diagnosed as a narcissist. So what do I do? What do we do, dear listener? And I'm not saying we because I think we are all crazy liberal lunatic socialists like I am. I say we because his approval rating is like 40%. So this is a pragmatic numbers game for me. How do we love him or hate him, continue to keep him accountable, call him on his shit, but not fall victim to his there's no such thing as bad publicity trap? I don't know, and I hate that too. I've always been a solutions-based person. This made my experience in graduate school a lot easier, but it took a long time to realize that in personal matters, in romantic relationships for instance, uh, sometimes you just need to shut up and listen to someone piss and moan and then tell them, I'm sorry, that sucks. Well, we can't do that for Trump. We can't just listen to each other's sob stories and say, I'm sorry, that sucks. While he continues to push discriminatory and xenophobic policies which hurt everyone by targeting minorities and immigrants and the working poor and women and the other marginalized groups upon whose backs this country was built. So what do we do? I'm not going to repeat platitudes. Stand up, make your voice heard, run for office yourself, write to your representatives. Because as we've all seen with this FCC net neutrality debacle, if someone with enough money wants something enough, they'll just bribe, I mean lobby, someone to get it done for them. So unless you have a billion dollars, which if you do, we do have a donate button on our website, comapod.com, but if you're like me and you should check your bank balance before getting gas, that might not be an option. The next thing would be to vote, but even that doesn't seem to be foolproof as 40% of the last five presidential elections have been won by the candidate who received the second most votes. And the last thing I'd say is to protest and whistleblow and continue to hold these folks accountable, but even that seems to be failing. We're all getting gaslighted and lied to and the foundation is crumbling around us. All this fake news, alternative facts, newspeak, it's all getting a little V for vendetta for my taste. So again, I ask you, dear listener, and this is not rhetorical, what do we do? I'm seriously out of ideas. Short of preparing my body for the Thunderdome and hoarding MREs, I am out of ideas. It is not a good feeling to have, if I'm being frank. 
and I want there to be a discussion. So reach out to us, to me, on social media, on our website, on our Twitter, our Facebook. Let's figure this out. One of the themes of this podcast has always been that we feel like we're shouting into the void, and it's hard to tell if anyone is listening. I know you're listening. I need you to shout back. It's a matter of success and recreating that success. The phenomenon of the internet repost is just an extension of the age-old struggle to make something wonderful, even if that something was already made. Comatose's John Bauer is up next with his own original content. Originating in the minds of the contemplative conscious, containing less meaning than the original sin. Where did we go wrong and begin marketing an idea that leaves less to the senses than a dried out bowl of macaroni and cheese? So let's break it down into its components. The compounds that make up these thought-provoking ads, selling yourself to get ahead one day at a time. What is original and what is content? Originality is one of those things that everyone seems to grasp but no one can much master. Said differently, what's original to one person may be not to another. Or to more Newtonian thought, for every action there is an equal but opposite reaction. The first mover of creativity is what marks the difference between original work and inspiration. Oh, I was just inspired by the work of someone whose life I seem to be imitating. Is that not the most sincere form of flattery? Was not Shakespeare but a name to give a better story? In between the twists and turns of hidden meaning, the question that should stick in your head is that of where things begin. Can you source your own work in its entirety? Is citing your sources not anything other than showing your lack of originality? The gut reaction to all this is a shout at the top of your lungs, deem it impossible from the cliffs of tomorrow. But this thought does not inherently contain a value judgment. The thought that it is bad to live on the shoulders of giants is something of a mystery. Should we all reinvent the wheel? On the other hand, there is the second half of that vile term. Content. Content is for some reason not subjugated to these moral judgments that originality has thrown at its name. But what is content? Is content nothing but a workaround for originality that escapes these decisions of where it came from? It is, of course, a term that brings up the misleading sentences so familiar to the HR department and advertisement campaigns that know how to skirt the truth better than the most seasoned of lawyers, spicing up the language to make it that much more enticing. And if you end up spending the next day on the toilet, well, you should have known better. So then, original content is nothing but original originality that avoids the moral qualms of finding that first mover. It's a way to avoid thinking about your sources, giving more room to create. Now why that room seems to be immediately occupied by the highest bidder is a question of ethics for the valley of yesterday. And lastly today, a short blast back to the 1950s with a work from an iconoclast, Mr. Jack Kerouac. Kerouac's work, as we know, fell smack into the beat generation and was enjoyed best when read aloud in front of an audience, and in this case, preferably by the author himself. We close out today with an excerpt from one of Kerouac's most famous works. So here is 
Jack Kerouac reads from On the Road. Anyway, I wrote the book because we're all gonna die. In the loneliness of my life, my father dead, my brother dead, my mother far away, my sister and my wife far away. Nothing here but my own tragic hands that once were guarded by a world, a sweet attention, that now are left to guide and disappear their own way into the common dark of all our deaths. Sleeping in me raw bed alone and stupid, with just this one pride and consolation, my heart broke in a general despair and opened up inwards to the Lord. I made a supplication in this dream. So in the last page of On the Road, I describe how the hero, Dean Moriarty, has come to see me all the way from the West Coast just for a day or two. We've just been back and forth across the country several times in cars and now our adventures are over. We're still great friends, but we have to go into later phases of our lives. So there he goes, Dean Moriarty, ragged in the moth-eaten overcoat he brought specially for the freezing temperatures of the East. Walking off alone, and last I saw him, he rounded the corner of 7th Avenue, eyes on the street ahead, and bent to it again. Gone. So, in America, when the sun goes down, and I sit on the old broken-down river pier watching the long, long skies over New Jersey and sense all that raw land that rolls in one unbelievable huge bulge over to the west coast and all that road going and all the people dreaming in the immensity of it. And now I know by now that children must be crying in the land where they let the children cry. And tonight the stars will be out. And don't you know that God is Pooh Bear? The evening star must be drooping and shedding her sparkler dims on the prairie, which is just before the coming of complete night that blesses the earth, darkens all the rivers, cups the peaks, and folds the final shore in. Nobody, nobody knows what's going to happen to anybody besides the forlorn rags of growing old. Think of Dean Moriarty, I even think of old Dean Moriarty, the father we never found. Think of Dean Moriarty. I think of Dean Moriarty. And that, folks, was episode number 152. To find more episodes, you can always search for Comatose Podcast on Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or whatever your podcatching software may be. Or you can visit our website, comapod.com. That's C-O-M-A-P-O-D.com. Find us also on Twitter, at Comatose Podcast. We're also on the Aspect Heavy, where you'll find our show, as well as some other creative projects, over at aspectheavy.com. The great thing about Comatose is that we're completely free. But if you feel you gained something from today's episode, we'd appreciate immensely if you left us a star rating over on Apple Podcast or a bite-sized review even by searching for Comatose Podcast. And of course, you can throw a donation our way anytime by visiting comapod.com and hitting that PayPal button at the top of the page. You can even join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Comatose Podcast. Start getting some exclusive content just for our supporters. Folks, we want to thank you very much for listening. This is Comatose, and we will be back next week.